Nicole. Hi, Evie. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to the queers. Oh, that that is not a good cheer sound. Are you getting anything? That's not a good cheer sound. That's not good either. (laughs) What are you doing? I'm trying to cheers, but I have a glass and a can and a desk and a box and a clock. You didn't come prepared. See, I came with two glasses so that I could make the clink sound. You're so smart. You're so much smarter than me. I'll do it again for you. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that just music to your ears, Nicole? It's absolutely beautiful. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, another week. Still not quarantine, but we're still socially distancing, so we are still recording remotely. Um, but this week, yeah, it, the the protest this week, um, that was that was good. You know, it was good to get out there. Yeah, I'm really. I think that's awesome that you went. I, it, I was actually really heartened to see a lot of people in like. So, you know, I come from a pretty rural part of Ohio and there were several protests down there in tiny, tiny, tiny little towns in Ohio. And uh, my sister actually read an article about about, you know, this happening and how it's one of the things that people are encountering is they don't really know how to protest because they've never protested before in these places. Yeah. So, uh and she pointed out this quote, like this this little old lady had this 80 some year old grandmother was there to to protest, but she could only stay an hour because she had to go let her dog out. I mean, just <laughs> cute little stories like that. But I was really heartened to to see that this really is something that is spreading, even in places where I think it might be a little bit more unexpected. You know, more rural white areas. Yeah, absolutely. I. Uh... I posted a picture on Facebook today. I'll, I'll post it on our picture or on our uh, on Queer's Facebook page. But um, from Eastern Kentucky, there was a protest, and one of the signs was uh, "Hate's not welcome in our holler." <laughs> and I mean, Eastern Kentucky. I yes, unexpected is the right word, and that's where my sister lives. So it's just really exciting to see that. That is so awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, like um, the. T- that I live in uh, is a little, you know, you live in Ferndale, Ferndale's a little more progressive. I mean, Royal Oak is as well, but the other day, the first day that we had the protest, um, it was me alone for a little while, and then it was me and a couple, and then, but then uh, a couple days ago, I, there had to be three, four hundred people there. I mean, it was a, a remarkable, and we, like, totally took over 11 mile and walked to, um, you know, in front of the police station, the Royal Police Station, and just really, like, it was really amazing. And there was, it was really cool because there was a whole group of um, uh, white coats that came out, like doctors, and the doctors protested, and it was just, it was a really moving moment. And everybody, everybody was, like, like, doing their best to, you know, stay, like, mindful of everything. Everybody's wearing a mask, and they were really trying to social distance. And it doesn't always work at protests, just to be honest. The social distancing thing, ends up falling by the wayside a little bit when people yeah. start like you know and and I know that that's a little difficult and it's just a really fine line to walk on what we should do here um because these protests are so important and the change that's coming from is from them is just so incredible um so but yeah I mean I wore my mask it was 
227 degrees <laughs> and I just had a bubble tea so I was breathing in hot bubble tea air uh, and I felt like I was going to pass out and die any second. Luckily there were a bunch of doctors there if that did happen and there were people handing out water too um, so uh, it was tricky but you know I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I have a sign really- in my car now so it's I'm just like ready so anytime I go by like protests I can just like pop in and do my thing. Oh, right on. That's super cool. That's good. That's a good idea. The the Detroit protest was a little, it was such a different vibe. Um, you know, the, and that just goes to show how things are still like the police department in Royal Oak. Um, there were a few officers there and it was just really calm. I didn't, there wasn't any, any threat at all, but in Detroit, I mean, there was tear gas everywhere. That's right. I tear gas my, and myself when I got out my sweatshirt and I right. rubbed it all over my face like an idiot like that is the lamest tear gas story ever <laughs> that I walked into it and then I rubbed it in my own face um so, well, so I have a question though so um in terms of the crowd at the Royal Oak protest versus the Detroit protest would would you say that it was a diverse crowd of people were there a lot of black people at the royal oak protest or was it mostly white faces you know what i'm saying i'm just curious yeah. like what that looked like it, it was definitely mostly white people without a doubt and like a lot of like families kids um it surprisingly it was a bit an older crowd like in detroit the big difference was there were obviously you know it was more diverse and it was a lot of younger people in detroit uh-huh you know it, like just completely different crowd um the protests were a little i, I don't want to say aggressive to give you like that that idea but it was like an aggressive you know aggressive energy and kind of um the chants and stuff it was just a little bit more aggressive whereas in royal oak it was it was kind of like the protest that you would expect of royal oak it was mostly white people it was walking down the street there were definitely some uh younger people and some people of color there and um you know they were there but it was definitely more white yeah but i also read that um a lot of people are saying how important it is to protest in your own town you know so like it's it's good because you know like you were saying some of these towns don't have the um the the number of same number of people showing up and doing that and so that's why i've tried to like stay here and like i mean the detroit protests were so much more passionate oh man it was like you okay there i dropped the mic (laughs) i was excited (laughs) protests were like you know more passionate and it was just like more energy and and just i it was something to be part of whereas the royal oak was a little bit more passive and but i do agree with that that it is important to show up in your own town to kind of build those numbers and that visibility so Absolutely. i've been trying to stay around here and do that that's cool yeah that is wonderful so anything else this week that was significant did you lock yourself out of your apartment get lost on any hikes anything fun oh, like I that lock myself out of my apartment how did you know that oh my well you do know that i'm psychic well Okay, so you just literally did, I mean, okay, so th- my car, the new car I have, the key thing, you know, the little guy at the box with the lock and unlock button? Mm-hmm. The little 
not like knob thing that would hold like a keychain broke and so i have to carry it along with my other keys so i clearly walked out with just the car key but i have like this you know my apartment's like half not like half like half basement half not so i can open my window and crawl on my dresser and jump down so i'm basically like mission impossible at this point so <laughs> it was very easy for me to just open my window get there like crawl i did put my leg in the laundry basket though and i thought like my life flashed before my eyes because i thought like i was gonna go in the whole thing and that was it but um i'm i was safe i I survived i thrived and i got back in my house yeah that's really amazing that is a serious story of survival it's like the seventh time i've done that so (laughs) it's sad that's why i'm really good at it now um how about you how was your week it was good um i've been trying to think today about like anything like interesting or and i don't feel like anything super interesting or hilarious happened this week just you know i mean like in terms of like storytelling i mean certainly there were hilarious moments but you try to tell the story it's one of those oh you gotta be there kind of things yeah so yeah i mean it's just been sort of a regular old week i did uh try to do battle with a colony of ants in my garden and i lost and i think that's just nature sure nature's always gonna fucking win i don't even know what i was thinking i just i what i was thinking was i don't want my vegetables to die um the ants kill your vegetables i mean well the the colony that we had happening in our uh vegetable garden was astounding yeah. I mean, I found I found three nests, well, three uh, nurseries, like three areas of where like there were baby ants being, you know, larvae and shit like that being Ew. cared for. Yeah. I mean, the worst part was, I, I mean, I I really I kept joking that like I'm committing genocide and killing. Yeah, I ants. can't I can't do that. Oh my god. It, drives me I like I'm I'm so like there will sometimes in Texas's dog bowl ants will get there get in it and I have to get rid of it and I feel so I go outside and I like dump the food out in the little like woodsy area <laughs> with the ants but then I feel bad because I'm like I literally just moved you across half of a world and now what you know you don't even know like I don't know what I just did oh, like the worst was watching a little watching little ants trying to save the egg eggs oh my god i can't see i can't i can't do it i couldn't do it if i were you i couldn't i yeah i i started to feel really guilty in those moments and then finally somebody was like uh i think you're just fighting a losing battle i think you need to just give it up uh and just plant your vegetables and hope for the best so that's yeah. what I did finally planted the vegetables and I'm hoping for the best. I mean, that's that's how I feel. Like I just I feel so weird thinking that there is something that's alive and I like feel like they don't have a right to be. You know, like I get it. Like ants are wildly annoying. Yeah. But I I like look at them and I'm like I I don't really have like the right to just end all of your lives <laughs> because you're annoying so it's really weird that I get in my head with that like okay speaking of last week my nephew my little nephew who's coming back tomorrow we'll have a talk about this left me a little present in the form of a 
fucking centipede in a glass upside down. Oh, nice. That's disgusting. Not even centipedes. The one that's, like, got, like, the two trillion legs. Yeah, you know the what I'm talking about. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. They look and like it, mustaches, like really yes. hairy mustaches crawling across the floor. Yeah, yes. it's fucking gross. So obviously horrifying and also super cruel. So, I mean, and it's pretty, pretty awful to do that, to like just put a living thing in a car, you know, and he's, I mean, he definitely is not thinking of it that way. Actually come to think of it, majority of people do not think that way. Yeah. So I had to because I could kill it, so I had to get it outside, but I'm not the type of person that can, like, just calmly take no. something and, like, move it. No. <laughs> like, I literally had to kick it, and <laughs> I knew the glass would break and just run and be like, you're in my house now. I don't know what else to do. Like, I should have, like, tried to put a plate under it and carried it outside. Yeah, I, well, I had a plate to- or a piece of paper. Usually, like, grab an envelope of, like, no, junk no, mail. No. It'll jump. It'll jump, or I will scream, and oh. I'll jump, and it'll touch my hand. Nope. No, because you just Shit, like, slide, you slide the envelope underneath the glass so that when you lift up the glass and no. the envelope, like, there's no chance for it to escape. It's, it's too close to me. Nope. I kicked it. I karate kicked it, and I <laughs> ran out of the room, and I waited, like, a day to go back in there, so no. Okay. Well, okay, so I did have a stag beetle jump on me and attach itself to my skirt after a bike ride yeah and do you know what a stag beetle looks like no i mean this thing was probably about two inches long yeah i'd burn the skirt it was yeah there i mean it's big it's black i mean it looks like it's going to hurt you it's got these like the um it's antenna you know it kind of looks like like a bull horns and they're, they can use them as pinchers, I think. Um, and it, it was definitely trying to pinch my knee because it was scared and I was scared. So I'm trying to fling it off my skirt. And yeah, and then Amos comes in and she's got it and she's got it like on the kitchen counter. And she's like, well, look. And I'm like, oh my God, cover that thing back up and take it outside. I was just traumatized by it. And she just kept... But it, it can't fly. I'm like, it flew onto me. So clearly it can fly. Like, what I'm not, are you like, doing? I, I won't kill things. Like, I will not kill spiders or anything like that. But I don't want anything to do with them. Like, I would rather just move out of the apartment and then yeah. deal with it. Like, oh my God. What, what was I watching the other day? Oh, don't make fun of me. But <laughs> keeping up with the Kardashians. And Courtney, like, just straight up had tarantulas in her backyard. Like, apparently tarantulas are native to Southern California. I don't know if they're native, but they're there. I, I, what, I don't, I don't, I don't, I would die. I would literally just die. She like, just tarantulas. Tarantulas. Yeah, I mean, they do live in desert. Well, apparently they live in Calabasas and Beverly Hills, too. So, just so we know that. But, horrifying horrifying all right well that was you so much uh what do you say we get to the news i think that sounds fancy folks we got news here for your news headlines headlines here 
this is a test of the emergency news system. No. There is no emergency. <laughs> well, there's news. Here, 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 here. Read all about here, it. Here, 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 here we, here we. Here they, here they. <laughs> I love that. There's no one way to do it. That we have no one way to do that. I don't know that we'll ever settle on any of it. Nope. And I don't think we should. All right. Evie, what do you have for me? All right. My first one ties into all of the the protests and demonstrations that are happening uh, after the death, the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Um, The first headline I have is 51 years after Stonewall, police target gay bars and queer activists amid George Floyd protests. So I thought I'd actually read a couple of the incidents because um, I think that it's important to sort of, I guess, have this information. And I mean, clearly we'll put the link up in the show notes for the full story. And there are many other stories out there, but these two highlights uh, what we're talking about here. And the irony, of course, is that, you know, that's how the Stonewall riots happened, which we'll talk about in a future episode. Um, but it was the constant uh, harassment, yeah. Harassment by the police, yeah. So on June, uh, June 1st, the very first day of Pride Month, uh, in Des Moines, Iowa, police raided a gay bar called the Blazing Saddle, where I've employees. Been there. Oh, huh? sorry. <laughs> I've been there. Sorry. It's okay. I... Well, employees there were providing first aid to protesters. Uh, the Blazing Saddle reported on Facebook that an unmarked white pickup containing numerous officers in riot gear turned onto our street. Many of the people on foot started running, and our people with first aid supplies were heading back to the saddle from the alley. At this point, the police disembarked from the pickup bed, guns pointed, and proceeded to put the three on the ground. The rest of us, four others, entered the building and locked the doors. The police came at us. We were told to unlock the door, and three of us were told to come outside while one had to run to hide. As they held us at the front door with guns, two officers went into the bar to make sure it was clear. They found our fourth person and thoroughly frisked them before bringing them outside. Then the officers continued to sweep the bar looking for others. The three on the ground were then cuffed face down on the sidewalk and asked what was in the backpack. The three who went to jail waited approximately two plus hours for processing. We were bailed out and still had to remain in the jail and were also denied medical attention and care as one was uh, one had maintenance meds that they were on and they were confiscated from the backpack. And then on June 2nd, queer activists staged a rally outside the Stonewall Inn to highlight the deadly violence targeting black transgender people. And shortly after that, they left the rally. And that's when they were brutalized by police and then arrested. After the activists began marching from Stonewall along the west side of Manhattan, several activists were arrested, including Jason Rosenberg and Marty Gold Cummings, who is seeking a Manhattan City Council seat in 2021. Cummings said they were arrested at 8.15, and Rosenberg, whose face was seen bloodied on social media posts, said in a video he uploaded that individuals were peacefully locked arm in arm when cops barreled in and hit them with batons and punches, forced him to receive medical treatment for an arm injury and cuts to his head. In that video, which he posted after he was released, a bloodied Rosenberg said he and others were arrested at the intersection of East 14th Street and 5th Avenue. 
And then in another incident, police opened fire with less lethal, quote unquote, ammunition outside a gay bar in Raleigh, North Carolina on May 30th. Tim Lemuel, the owner of Ruby Deluxe, said he initially went to his business to protect it from looters, but he and some friends ended up setting up a first aid station for protesters. And that's when Wake County Sheriff's deputies ambushed them in response to an anonymous tip that they were providing water and other supplies to demonstrators. So that's just to say, hey, be careful if you're going out there. Make sure that you've got a phone number written on your body in Sharpie for you to be able to call somebody to help bail you out of jail. Just go prepared. Um, that's awful. Uh, okay, well, my story actually is kind of um, kind of along the same lines. Uh Hamilton actor Javier Munez was gay bashed by undercover police officers. So this story, this actually happened to him um, uh, a while back when he was 15. But uh, the story's in LGBTQ nation. It's really, it's really sad. But he basically said, we've come so far in the LGBTQ community. How dare anyone try and push us back? Uh, so I will stand up and I will be that guy who's going to get scrappy. So he goes into it a little bit. When he was 15, he was gay bashed by five undercover cops. Um... And uh, this happened in the 1980s. And he says, I've had, you know, I have a lot of rage inside me that's quantifi unquantifiable. And I'm trying not to contaminate spaces with my rage, but rather use it and to, to be helpful. But what, with given what's going on now, he just wanted to come forward and tell his story. Mm. So, um, yeah, we'll put a link to that. Uh, definitely read the article. But um, and he's uh, he's one of my favorites. Actually, when I saw Hamilton, he was actually there. And um, yeah, so a the cops. The cops. The cops. Well, my next one is um, digital drag show fund fundraises for souls queer community stigmatized by pandemic. So I don't know if you remember a couple weeks ago in the news, we talked about how uh, the LGBTQ community in Seoul, uh, South Korea, was being blamed for a second wave of the coronavirus pandemic yeah. outbreak. Yes, I remember and so that. they were receiving a lot of, you know, homophobic threats, um, threats in general, and just things targeting the queer community in South Korea and Seoul. So they decided to have um, a fundraiser to help some of the queer performers in the area who have no work right now and are seriously struggling. Um, so the event was a virtual drag show, and it was held last Friday to raise funds for queer nightlife performers. Um, it was a mutual aid benefit that was organized by members of the KQTX Project, a queer Korean grassroots group based in New York City and Seoul. So one of the things that I that really kind of caught my eye about this was um, that they, you know, they interviewed a couple people that were excited to watch it and, you know, who are Korean and queer and they don't necessarily live in Seoul and don't really necessarily have that connection in terms of what the queer community is like in South Korea because, you know, they've grown up in other parts of the world. Yeah. So having the, having, getting to experience sort of their, you know, uh, ancestral homelands, uh, traditional ways of, of dealing, of, of doing drag is kind of cool, you know? Definitely. And one of the things that, uh, somebody called it, uh, in the article was 
I, I, you know, I'm really, I'm here to support my Quirian uh, brothers and sisters. And I was like, oh my God, Quirian, that's the coolest. I like that. Uh, yeah. What, what is it when they, you put the two words together, the portmanteau. Yeah. So I thought that was I a queer. Like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like my nephew saying gaysist. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he's not gaysist. That was so cute. He's nine. And he told me he's not gaysist. Um, so yeah. Cool. I like that. That's a great story. Well, it's my story, actually, uh, my headline kind of um, not similar, but on, in the same vein. Thomas Roberts launches a new program to share positive LGBTQ oriented news. Now, don't forget, you still need to come listen. You need to come, you need to listen to us to get your news. Yeah, absolutely. But, however, you to get all of your news. However, um, veteran gay journalist Thomas Roberts is launching a 30 minute streaming show to share Gay good news. Um, and a couple months ago, John Krasinski, who plays uh, Jim on the who played Jim on The Office, he launched a, a popular little thing on YouTube called Some Good News Stories, and it's basically similar thing. Thirty minutes, just some really, you know, just with everything that's going on right now, it's really really important to to see good things too. Yeah, you know, to seek some like good headline just for maybe just sort of like a place to rest, you know? Um, I mean, you got to take care of yourself mental health wise. I mean, all of the, yeah, absolutely. You're no good to anybody. If you're just, you know, sometimes when you're just sitting in, I know when I get overwhelmed and I'm just like in it, I'm useless. That's when I need to turn on like Dawson Creek or one tree Hill because I, that's all I'm capable of. But anyway, another story. Uh, Roberts posted a nearly four minute long video on Facebook this month to an, month to announce that he will host a daily program called Thomas Roberts Live at five. Um, his goal is to present positive news about the LGBTQ community, including stories that other platforms might like miss or ignore. Not us, though, because we are your end all be all LGBTQ news. Um, Roberts said the show will originate from his home in Atlanta because he's sheltering in place with his husband, Patrick. Um that's cute, Robert and Patrick. <laughs> I like when they use the full names, like Pat, Patrick instead of Pat. But anyway, um, but he might take it on the road, like depending on how it goes. And um, uh, it's streaming tonight, Monday, June 8th on his Facebook Live. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. So it'll be tomorrow. So you can catch it next week. Um, and it, Or not next week. I'm sorry. You can catch it. Jeez, I really screwed that up. <laughs> because it's actually Monday, and we will be out on Tuesday. So it will be nightly, so you can watch it tonight, Tuesday, or starting tomorrow on his Facebook page, Thomas Roberts Live. That's so awesome. Yay, yeah. Thomas Roberts. There's room for all of us here. Yeah. But our news is, like, the, the real news. That's all. Anyway, go ahead. Right. Yeah, no, totally, for sure. I mean, <laughs> our bona fides are legit. All right, my last story is feel-good story for all of us, I think. Um, I don't know if you noticed uh, this past weekend on Twitter, but there was a hashtag going around, hashtag Lady G. Oh, yeah. And there was hashtag Lady Graham. Oh, yeah. Well, turns out it's trending because of allegations that were made about Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. Now, I mean, of course, you know, for years there's always been rumors that Lindsey Graham is closeted and and that's sort of the the thing that Trump had on him and that's what kind of turned him into a Trump lackey. 
Oh, I but, never, uh, you know, I wrote it, but I didn't realize that that was the angle with Trump. Say again? I said, like, I've, I've heard, I've definitely heard the rumors about LG, but I never realized that that was, like, the angle with Trump. See, I'm getting my news here, too. Yeah, I mean, you're learning all of the conspiracies here first. So, basically, um... Most recently, I mean, the Trump administration has been doing some pretty awful things while all these other things are kind of happening. And Trump is having Twitter meltdowns and all of that and not really doing anything in terms of helping this country. But he has promised to uh, go to the Supreme Court. I I think this was probably what tipped this over the edge, but I'm not exactly sure. So don't quote me on this. But uh that the Trump administration is going to the Supreme Court to prevent LGBTQ parents from being able to adopt legally. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, there's just been a lot of anti-LGBTQ le- legislation that they've been sort of sliding through while we're focused on these big systemic issues. So I think uh, there is a gay adult film star named Sean Harding, who, you know, I think was finally fed up with the hypocrisy of it all and tweeted There is a homophobic Republican senator who is no better than Trump who keeps passing legislation that is damaging to the LGBT and minority communities. Every sex worker I know has been hired by this man. Wondering if enough of us spoke out, if that could get him out of office. Uh (laughs) Now, Harding followed up the tweet by saying, I cannot do this alone. If you'd be willing to stand with me against LG, please let me know. And um, throughout his series of tweets, he accused uh, Lindsey Graham. Well, he didn't say Lindsey Graham. He just said LG. Um, He accused the official of hiring more than 100 sex workers and that basically everybody in D.C. knows. This is like a really big open secret in D.C. Like everybody knows that LG is Lady G and is Lindsey Graham and... Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, it's all over Twitter. It's all over everything. And one of the and, best things I heard was one of them saying that uh, when Lindsay's very excited, he laughs like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> 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 yeah, I read a couple really horrifying stories. I don't, I'm, I don't know. I feel like it was satire, but the ladybug story. I didn't hear that one. I'll, I don't know that. I'll tell you afterwards, but look up the ladybug story. Okay. Everybody else. I'll tell you. I totally will. Now, I just want to sort of say really quickly, there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, people trying to make hay about like, you know, this, we should not be outing people. That's not what we do and blah, 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 blah. And while it's true, outing is not a cool thing to do. Generally speaking, it is cool to do when you're talking about somebody with power who uses that power to oppress the people that he actually is a part of. Hey, <laughs> then you, it's totally yeah. fucking cool to out them. Did you ever see the documentary Outrage? No. Okay, so it's a 2009 documentary. Um, uh, Kirby Dick directs this documentary, and it's basically outing Republicans. I say Republicans because it's always Republicans um, that have passed anti gay legislation but apparently a ton of them like a ton of them bang sex sex workers and like hook up and like hire dudes and all this stuff and he's like fuck it i'm done i'm done with it i'm done with all of this legislation being passed like if you pass anything anti-lgbtq plus 
I'm, I'm outing you. And yeah. he does. This whole documentary is about him outing people. I really strongly recommend it. It's really good to watch. So Sounds fantastic and yeah. right up my alley. Called Outrage. Uh, so good. I remember it from a while back. I'm, I don't know that it's on anything, but I know you can rent it from Amazon Prime because I did a couple months ago and it was like $3 or something. But check it out. Cool. Thanks. Okay, so my last headline is, it's something a little different, but the last couple weeks, a lot of people have came out. And I think that's really cool that, like, it's just such a, it's like, you know, like, coming out in solidarity of things and also coming out about themselves. Like, in some pretty big names, uh, Lily Reinhardt, you know, you probably don't know who she is. No. She's an actress on the show Riverdale, which is the worst TV show ever. I am definitely completely caught up on it, but it is the worst show ever. Why uh, show ever? It's basically like a remake of the Archie comics. Right. And she plays Betty. It's okay. So maybe it's not terrible because if you come at it from the angle of like, it's supposed to be like the comics and like campy and like kind of crazy, but like coming, if you think of it as like a teen show, like a gossip girl or something, it's just off the wall. I mean, like the storylines are insane. Okay. But um, she just came out this week. What's uh, her name? Lily Reinhardt. Welcome out, Lily. Yep. So she came out as a bisexual woman. She was also in the movie Hustlers. Oh, okay. You know, recently, yeah. That was a good um, one. Iris Apatow came out, who is uh, Judd Apatow's daughter. Was she in that uh, uh, oh, Euphoria? Uh, that's her sister. Okay. Maude Apatow, who is adorable. I love both of them. They're both adorable, but Iris Apatow came out as bi. I think she came out a while ago, but I just saw it recently. So, um, a couple characters from a show that has a huge LGBTQ following, um, Winona Earp, which is kind of a, it's on the sci-fi channel. It's supposed to be like the descendants of Wyatt Earp. Oh, yeah. I've heard yeah. of that one. Yeah. So, there's a, a lesbian couple on there, um. Uh, Wyatt, or no, Hot, and, I don't know, there's a lesbian couple. They both came out as queer recently. Aww. Yeah, one of them is married, but she came out as, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I think she came out as bisexual, but the other actress just came out as queer on her 30th birthday. And then lastly, Kyler Lee just came out, and she plays Alex Danvers from Supergirl. And we talked about Supergirl. Yeah, so we talked about Supergirl and queer baiting, which um, they still are queer baiting. But the queer couple, um, Alex and Maggie, like they have queer representation, they do, but they bait with the other couple, or the, not, they're not even a couple, but the other two women that just have extreme chemistry, but they keep putting them in heterosexual relationships, and it's just not working. Well, the queer couple, um, the the person who plays Supergirl's sister, Alex Danvers, she just came out. And also for Grey's Anatomy's fans, she's Lexi Gray, too. But it's really cute. Like, I want to read a little thing that she wrote, I read on Twitter today, about how she came out and how she came to terms with it. So I'm going to read it, okay? Okay, yeah. Um, I personally felt to authentically represent Alex's journey, um, I, I had to be 
real. What I didn't realize was how the scene where she finally confessed her truth would leap off the pages of the script and genuinely become a variation of my own in real life. My heart felt like it was going to beat out of my chest each time we filmed, every time presenting another opportunity to get those honest words out of my mouth. Though they don't exactly match my personal dialogue, the heart behind it surely did. From the director, the press, the media, the cast, and the fans, I'm still told that it was one of the most realistic coming out scenes they've ever witnessed. And to steal from Alex's words, that's because there's some truth to what she said about me. And that is in reference to Maggie saying, basically, like, I think you're gay. And it's just such a special thing because, like, I follow that show on, like, social media and stuff. And there's so many people that are like, like, the coming out was done really well. It was handled really well and authentic. And there's so many people that are like, you know, I I felt really, after I saw, like, you coming out, like, I kind of came to terms with my own sexuality. But from the sound of it, it's kind of like Kyler came to terms with her sexuality, too while coming out on TV. And I just think that's a really cool, like, special little thing that happened. And yeah. the fact that he, like, came for, you know, came out and talked about it, how, like, reading that stuff and actually just saying those words, how it felt like such a release to actually say, you know, I don't think she, she didn't, she did not identify, like, she didn't label herself. Um, so I, I don't know exactly where, you know, but she did say that she has come out now. So, um, I don't know exactly what her label is or if she wants one or not, but um, I don't know. The fact that it resonated so much with her that she felt comfortable to actually come out in public was just really kind of cool. And yeah. I thought that that's, you know, it's so important. Representation is so important. And it's amazing that not only did it do so much for so many fans, but it actually, like, for the actress playing the part. So I just thought that was kind of neat. I, I read it today, and I was like, oh, that's like, oh. So. Yeah, that's yeah. serendipity. That's really fucking cool. Yeah, really cool. It's re- And that kind of goes into this episode about, you know, pride and... Yeah, so how about we get to it then? Let's get to it. Evie. Hey, Nicole. What's up? Happy Pride. Aw, thanks. <laughs> that sounded so... Mm, thanks. <laughs> Well, it just feels it kind of, I mean, like, I just, I can't help it. It feels a little bit weird to be saying happy pride when people are dying from coronavirus and police brutality, you know? Yes, absolutely. And that is why we are going to talk about this today. Um, there is so much, yeah, there is so much going on in the world that is so important. And, and pride is important, too. It's not that important at this time, but... There are a lot of other ways to celebrate Pride. And June is an important month for a lot of people for, you know, for that. Sometimes people wait till this time where they have the, like, the, you know, maybe some support. Uh, overall, it just seems like people are a little bit more friendly towards the LGBTQ plus community this month. And they wait for that time to come out. And this is a really difficult year for everybody but I mean especially you know everything that's going on with coronavirus and um police brutality like you said yeah I mean there is there is a little room to talk about pride oh absolutely I mean there absolutely is and I think one of the things that sort of has helped me a little bit was something I read earlier today preparing for this was um it was an article talking about you know, tying in the 
the parallel to, you know, the Stonewall riots 51 years ago and um, how what pride festivals and pride parades traditionally were really was, you know, it wasn't about the party. It was about the protest. Yeah. And we are in a time of a lot of turmoil and a lot of protest and having that sort of tie in and recognizing, okay, this is part of our history that is important and it does tie into the relevant to, to what's happening right now, you know? So that did sort of, I guess, ease my mind a little bit in that respect. I just, I, I think the thing is, is that, you know, prides have a lot of really great history, but there's also, especially recently in the, in the recent decade or so, I mean, where prides have become very corporate events, very white events, very white sponsored events. And so I think that like right now, seeing a lot of these same organizations taking a step back and saying, okay, wait a minute, instead of pride, we need to show some solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement and, uh, you know, maybe center black and brown uh, queer people and trans people at at our events more and at our organizations more. I think that's I think that's probably the most powerful thing that's happening right now in terms of Pride Month coinciding with the protests that are happening. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a lot of word salad. Did I even make any sentences? Actually, no, you did a good job. And that's that's what's really important. That's really what this this whole episode that, you know, this week we're talking about Pride. And it's generally uh something that happens in June with a huge parade and some dance music and corporate sponsors and alcohol and ridiculousness and debauchery, debauchery. How do you say that word? You know debauchery. I mean? Yeah. Um, and just, but you're right. All the problems that come with it too. And this is a, a, a special time with everything that's going on. And it really is a good time to examine our history and examine the parallels and, you know, try to see what we can do to be better allies and to be, you know, to make pride more inclusive. Um, And so that's what we wanted to talk about today a little bit about how to, how to celebrate pride in (laughs) June of 2020 and what that (laughs) means. Oh, and you just clear, you know, really did a good job kind of talking about a little bit about what that means. Um, It's hard. It's hard to sit back and just think of pride without, and you shouldn't sit back and think of pride without attaching it to the history and the reason why there is a pride. You know, it's so easy to think about. Like when I was younger, definitely pride was different. It was that day where you, you know, you kind of drink all day and you just like is meeting people and dance parties. And depending on where I lived, like I lived in L.A., gay pride there was really, really, really dope in L.A. But like, yeah, there's I, I never really thought too much about it, but. 2020 is giving us an opportunity to really think about it and to, you know, along with changing everything else to kind of change how we approach pride. So um, there are uh, there are some virtual celebrations if you do want to still indulge in, you know, pride activity. We do have some information on some virtual stuff that's going on. Some of it sounds kind of cool. Um, yeah. If you're looking for. And I mean, I don't know. It's sometimes it's okay to look, you know, 
to to look for that kind of party. I mean, our community, we do like a party. Absolutely. We do like to celebrate a little bit. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, again, I think that comes with the territory. I think when you have an oppressed people. When there is cause for celebration, it is going to be a better party than any other fucking party. Right? You know what that just made me think of? Prime example, not prime, but a good example of that. Do you remember the movie Titanic? Yes. Do you remember the parties downstairs versus the parties upstairs? Not when the boat was sinking and everybody died downstairs, but the parties before. (laughs) Let's be real, like, the for, the first, no, like, what was it, first class, second, third class, I don't know, whatever class, downstairs, they party. Like, they had the parties. Like, and, like, there's so many examples of that. Yeah, it's like oppressed people, I, when we celebrate a little better, you yeah. know, there's, there's a, there's more to celebrate, there's reasons why. When you fight for something, it's. It feels so much better to enjoy it than when you're just handed it, you know? All the stuffy parties on the top floor of the Titanic, lame. (laughs) But the downstairs, when they were doing, like, those dances and stuff, into it. All about it. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, with with everything that's going on right now, again, like I said, this is an opportunity to really, like, reexamine pride, um, you know, and to really think about maybe – ways to better pride but also I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that you might need to to celebrate pride a little bit this month no there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and I don't want to shame anybody if if that's the way I came off that's not at all it's it's a struggle that I have internally myself you know and I think that (laughs) it's just one of those things that I kind of needed to get off my chest because we are doing a pride episode and it, you know, I, I, I am a big person. I am all about like celebrating little victories and those kinds of things and celebrating the little things that you can celebrate because there's so much misery and heartache in life. And when you have a, a cause for something happy to happen, like you should take that moment and really appreciate it, you know? So I do think that there's value in that. And I think there's value in, in that celebration and in that party as somebody who is oppressed, right? I mean, there is that. You can't take my joy. You can do a lot of things. You can take my freedom. You can, you know, you can take my comfort. You can take a lot of things away from me, but you cannot take this joy, you know? And I think that's one of the most wonderful aspects for me of of pride. That's sort of what I try to think about in, in these moments is that there is so much for us to be, grateful for and to celebrate yeah i love that the world still exploding all around us yes yes we know we we know (laughs) we understand have i made that clear that it is exploding and i mean to be fair we should say though that overall you don't really enjoy pride anyway um no i mean uh, i think we could just There's a lot of reason behind that. I worked a lot of prides in my day. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of last year when you ditched me. <laughs> well, last like year, it was raining. Minutes. You're right. Well, it, was it was raining. raining. It was raining. Um, and it's well years. known that witches melt in the rain. So I think it's only fair that I had to opt out. I was looking for survival, man. Right. All right. I'm going to head out right now. Um, 
I love it, and I love you, and no, but and that's where we're, you know, I don't want to say we're different, but we are kind of, like, I don't, I, yes, if there was the pride happening, I would 1,000% go, like, you know, pandemic aside, protest aside, like, I would, I would go, because I do, like, there's something about it, there's something about that moment, solidarity, there's just this, like, and then there's also just the vapid things about it that I like. Like, I like being able to go to the bar at, like, 1130. <laughs> like, not, I mean, not for, like, just crazy reasons, but, like, I loved L.A. Pride because L.A. Pride was just so cool. It was just so fun and different. And um, I feel like I use this word a lot, but I don't know another word for it. But, like, the energy there is just, like... You know, like, off the charts in L.A. Pride. New York Pride. Although, uh, the couple times that I've been to New York Pride, it's been really, like, it was kind of hectic and a little much. Just kind of how I feel about New York. But Boston, <laughs> my, uh, not my hometown, but my other home, you know, uh, Boston Pride was, like, a great day. Yeah. You know, there were certain things we did. I, I have so many great memories attached to Pride. Um, and you, But then, yeah, and I feel the corporate side came a little later. Like, that's been really prominent the last like maybe five years or so maybe even a little longer Definitely where like longer. I'd say within the I would say 15 10 to 15 years no at way. least 15 yeah absolutely no, 15 years ago besides yeah. maybe Bud Light nope it absolutely is true because my first experience ever going to a pride was Lansing Pride about 15 years ago when Amos and I first got together and it was. Wait, I'm thinking boot- 15 years ago was 95. <laughs> huh? I thought I was thinking 15 years ago was 1995. <laughs> oh. <laughs> First of all, wow. Um, second of all, but no. What what kind of corporate sponsors 15 years ago? Yeah, there were a lot of corporate sponsors 15 years ago. There were. I mean, there were banks. There were. I don't know if Target was back okay, then. I but- guess they they do have those little like umbrellas banks where you can sign up for like a checking account well but like best buy has had an active lgbtq wing for years i mean a lot of different corporate entities were sponsoring prides back then and that was sort of one of the things it was like my first pride was like i had fun and all but it was a little bit like I mean, we're going to talk about this, like, in our next episode, right? Like, our Pride experiences. So I don't want to get too much into the story. Yeah, but there were a lot of corporate tents. And that was sort of the thing. I went to a bunch of Prides those first few years. And it was always just sort of the same different business entities. And it didn't matter what city I was in. It And then, of course, you've got the, you know, the queer groups in the, in the area. And then you've got... Uh, you know, some drag performers and some bands playing and the beer tent. Yeah, that's pride. That, that And that's pride, right. And that's how it's been ever since I've been going. So it's been at least 15 years. Okay. Well, like I said, we'll get more into that next week when we talk a bit more about our own experiences with pride. Um, it is pride month, so we are trying to do kind of stand topic a little bit just to – because – so we're going to talk about virtual pride, but in a way – this might sound a little trite, but I kind of want to think of us, like our episode is like a little bit of a, 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 a virtual pride celebration in and of itself. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to give out some information this week about like, there are a lot of virtual events that you can go to, but next week we can talk a little bit more about like 
some pride stories and, and some fun and, and all the all the issues you have with it. So be kind of like. And you know what? Like if there were visuals right now, every single one of our listeners would be able to see me performing in drag right now. I am a king. I would love that. I love drag kings. Drag kings are drag kings are my favorite thing in the world. Agreed. Um, okay, I so think I would make such a great drag king too. It's just like I it'd be such an alter so, ego okay. for me, huh? I don't think so. But okay. Oh, I think I would. Just because Wait, it would be such an alter ego, huh? Let me think about it for a minute. Like, what song would you do? Let's start well, there. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, off the top of my head, I don't have a song that I would do just off the top of my head. I don't know. I, you know, I'm, that's also part of the problem. I'm not very good at, like, pop music. Well, do, like, one of your own songs. Like, I'm trying to think of you as a drag king. Like, I can't get past, like, the whole Riot Girl thing, though. Right. I, like, oh, yeah, I would probably be like a Nick Cave. Like, do you know Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds? Yes, I do know Nick Cave. Yes. Okay. See, I would totally do like a Nick Cave style. That would be kind of dope. Okay, I could see that. I could see that. You'd definitely be like, yeah, it'd be a different guy. When I think Drag King immediately, like I think of the, the Drag King shows I've been to. Yeah. With like, like Nickelback, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not doing Nickelback. Like, Come on, like those kind of like or Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah. Really popular or like I saw one doing like um, what was it like uh, the Kid Rock? Yeah. See, yeah, I could do Nine Inch Nails too. You know. Do what? I could do Nine Inch Nails. Oh my god. Oh my. Okay. So speaking of, so I've been in a huge Nine Inch Nails kick, and yesterday I this quick story. I stopped at Burgers Bagel and I was jamming Nine Inch Nails in my. Volkswagen Beetle with my gay Crocs <laughs> couldn't be more ridiculous. And this kid <laughs> was dying when I pulled up, but like I like had like a whole the whole album. I mean, I've been so I have been so in Nine Inch Nails lately and Rage Against the Machine. Nineties Nineties rock is like coming out um of my pores right now. But yeah, okay, so that'd be really cool if you did or like Tool. You could do okay, okay. I want to see. You I don't know Tool super well, so I don't know that I could do Tool. Okay, I think all of our listeners should uh, petition and request a drag performance by Evie because I'm really into the idea. I'll do it too. <laughs> I'll do it too. I will. Um, can I do like an old country dude like Randy Travis or Clint Black or something? Yeah. <laughs> you. I was. Yeah, I was gonna say you could do Willie Nelson even. No, Garth Brooks. You just put it right into braids. Garth Brooks. I want to do like a super one of those cringy kind of, but like, or maybe Keith Urban with like flat iron in my hair. I want to be like a (laughs) real like a country dude. Okay, all right, yeah. Who's the the barbecue stain on the white T-shirt guy? That's that's who you should do. We so we might have a show for you all. I don't know. I feel like that's something that we should hold off for like a fundraiser of some kind someday when we decide we need to raise money for something. I mean, I could raise money right now. I mean, let's do it. There's things we need. There are things that we need. Well, there's things the world needs too. So we could do like (laughs) 50-50. Half for them, half for us. But um, I don't know. I have some ideas. I'm really leaning towards like Randy Travis though. Or, oh my God, if I could find somebody who would be Dolly Parton and I could do, I could be Kenny Rogers and do Islands in the Stream, which is my favorite song. If there's anybody out there who's willing to um, be Dolly Parton, where I can oh, a drag queen, 
willing to be Dolly Parton, I don't think that's going to be a hard sell. Okay, but I'm I'm asking now if there's anybody out there, hit me up and we can do Islands in the Stream, my favorite song. That sounds amazing. I would I would pay money to see that. Look at this. This we are our own virtual pride. See? I'm really, yeah, I'm it's really all excited happening. about this. Um, all right. So speaking of virtual pride, I'm just gonna throw a couple things out there that you can do if you wanna celebrate. You know, if you wanna try to check some things out because it is like again, I'm one of those people that kind of like to uh, to dabble in the the. I was going to say party scene, but that's so untrue. I literally went to bed at like 9.30 last night after watching two episodes of One Tree Hill. So I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, isn't okay. it funny how like the fantasy version of you is always 100% different than reality version of you? It's like better too. Yeah. The way we perceive ourselves on a Friday night versus, oh, what do I really want to do? Yeah, I just want to watch TV and go to bed. <laughs> And also, there's so much good TV now. <laughs> like, it's really hard to do anything when there's so... Now, to be fair, I, gen, like, generally watch the same things over again. Like, it's embarrassing how often I rewatch Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girl, Dawson's Creek, Wonder Hill. Like, all of this really, like, embarrassing teen angsty stuff. New Girl. I rewatch New Girl all the time. Well, that's uh, not embarrassing teen angsty stuff. New Girl is amazing, yeah. Parks and Rec. Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek, one of my favorites of all time. Um, but anyway, so a couple, I'm gonna a couple virtual events going on. So there is a thing that's happening nightly called Club Quarantine. It happens at 9 p.m. Eastern Eastern Daylight Time. EDT is it? Okay. Yeah, um, EDT anyway, is Eastern. I was like Eastern Standard Time, but Eastern Daylight Time is that what, what is EDT? What well, happens nightly at 9 p.m. EDT? Google it. Uh, you can follow Club Quarantine on Instagram for Zoom passcodes. So I think that's what's like so attractive about it the fact that you have to do like the passcode thing. Like, um, on another note, have you ever been to a place where you need a uh, like a membership for a bar, like Utah? No, I've been places where other things happen, though, like I'm where sure. you have to have a password or they'll give you a password at the door just in case it gets raided. That's kind of like cool. That. Yeah. We have to talk about that one day, too. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I think that just, I don't know, that, like, when it's kind of, like, like exclusive, uh, there's something to it. But um, so Club Quarantine is going on, and it's, like, an actual dance event in People are really into it. Hunter Schaefer is there all the time, and I love Hunter Schaefer from Euphoria. Does it cost money? No, it's like a, a virtual event. Well, there are some virtual events that I found that are raising funds, you know, to help whatever cause, right? So that's why I was asking. Um, I I am reading about it right now, and I do not see a cost. I God. feel like they would probably post that, but um, that's interesting. I didn't even think about the possibility of a cost but um yeah so the launch party uh happened june 1st from um it's kind of like uh affiliated with piranha um piranha toronto pride which toronto has one of the best prides too p.s but um so yeah so you could do that um like i said follow club quarantine on instagram and they'll give you the zoom pass passcode uh well, that does sound like fun. 
La- uh, Lambda, Li- uh, Lambda Literary does Pride. Tuesdays and Thursdays evenings. Tuesday and Thursday evenings through June. Um, I will leave a, we'll send a, put a link in the notes and you can actually get tickets through the link. And you know, uh, the actor Wilson Cruz from my so-called life, you know him. Yes. Um, so he's, yeah, he kicks off a month of readings and discussions presented by the nation's top LGBTQ uh, literature organization, Lambda Literary Does Pride. So it's a little different vibe than club quarantine, but if you're looking for something a little more chill, that's an option. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. I've got uh, I've got this Drag Fest 2020, which incidentally is hosted by drag artist and New York City Council candidate Marty G. Cummings that we talked about in the news, who was yes. by police at the Stonewall Inn. But Drag Fest is going to feature 100 of the best drag performers in the world, including Dusty Ray Bottoms, Jan Sport, and Honey Davenport. And nice. it's for three days. So it goes from June 19th to June 21st. And it's done in partnership with GLAAD. And it's to raise money for local drag organizations. So, see, that's one of those that, you know, they're trying to raise money for people within the community who are struggling yeah. right now because of the pandemic. I found one that, you know, is raising money right now for uh, bail funds for LGBTQ people who are protesting during the Black Lives Matter movement. So, I mean, there's a lot of people who are raising money with these events, but the costs are pretty nominal. And honestly, if you were going to Pride, you would spend more money. Oh, for so sure. yeah, I think yeah. it's definitely worth supporting the community, supporting the good works. And so that, you know, we can continue the good works in the future. For sure. Um, I got Capital Pride Mobile, June 13th at 10 a.m. It's early, but okay. <laughs> And uh, you can watch it at the Capital Pride website. The um, little info about it. This year, the streets of Washington won't see any rivalry quite like the Destination Capital Pride Festival. Uh, the first ever Pride Mobile Rainbow Blast hopes to make its own splash on a tour through each of the city's eight wards, documenting how residents show their true colors even when socially distanced. Along the way, the live stream Pride Mobile will incorporate DJs and drag performers and bestow prizes to the best decorated storefronts and homes in Washington. It's one of the many virtual events that Capital Pride has in store, um, and there's a whole calendar, and you can check that out on the Capital Pride website. Ooh, that's really interesting. That sounds fun. Yeah. I've got LGBTQ Digital Pride and Migration 2020. It takes place on World Refugee Day, June 20th at 1 p.m. It's organized by the RDJ Refugee Shelter, a New York shelter for homeless refugees and asylum seekers. But this gathering will celebrate the large pool of displaced people who identify as LGBTQ. Um, they're working alongside organizations like Black LGBTQ Migrant Project, Brooklyn Community Pride Center, and Asylum Connect to ensure an event that will represent the geographic diversity of the LGBTQ community. Attendees include, once again, Marty G. Cummings. <laughs> Marty is so busy. <laughs> Marty is so busy. He's like the gayest New Yorker ever. Ever. Good I job, love I love that he Marty too, though it just totally reminds me of Ozark. But I mean, you know, Marty likes to party. Marty likes to party. <laughs> um, that was a terrible accent, but <laughs> Marty um, likes to party. <laughs> All right, out now live, June twenty second. 
Um, you can tune in on uh, the YouTube page and Instagram. Building on the popularity of theme fests and ongoing series of virtual quarantine events, queer outlet theme plans to host a star-studded Pride live stream. Um, what sets out now live apart from other streaming prides is the media team behind it um it's a really curated team and apparently they do like they have like they're really cued into like you know queer culture right now um uh you can see princess nokia Haley kyoko asia kate dylan and tony porowski uh drag queen drag race favorites and a couple other people so that's gonna be pretty cool yeah I've got, okay, so this one really kind of excited me a lot because it's out of Ohio. I like that. Uh, And it's Cincinnati Black Pride. And so basically they've got a shit ton of really cool events happening online. And it's uh, the third year, though, that they're doing this Black Alphabet Film Festival, which features work and documents the diversity of the Black LGBTQ plus experience. And this happens on June 25th. Um, blah, 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 blah. So there's also a Vizazi Torch Awards, which honor Cincinnati residents working to improve lives of queer and black trans people in the city. And that's going to be held on June 26. And then on top of that, they're holding a bunch of like virtual parties with DJs, underground house music to 60s dance classics, including and including African dance music. So that sounds like a lot of really cool, fun things that they've got planned online. Yeah. Um, I have a, a city pride that sounds kind of awesome. Trans Pride Seattle. It's June 26th through the 28th. Uh, you can look it up on Trans Pride Seattle's website. It's the largest annual gathering of trans and gender diverse people in the Pacific Northwest. They typically draw thousands of people to Seattle, uh, to Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood. But this year, the Gender Justice League hopes to create a similar affirming experience online. Um so it just seems like it's going to have like a little bit, a little bit of a um, do-it-yourself quality. There's a lot of like workshops and stuff like that, which I think is kind of cool. It's a little different than what a lot of these virtual prides traditionally are. Well, not traditionally because they just started, but um, I like the do-it-yourself angle. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, so you can um, like use your creativity and like I said, workshops, film festivals, and uh a lot of queer media representation. So Trans Pride Seattle, June 26th through the 28th. All right. Well, that's cool. I've got Beyond the Shelter. This interactive Pride kickoff party is raising funds for the new alternatives, an organization supporting homeless LGBTQ plus youth. It's directed and hosted by the acclaimed choreographer Matthew Johnson Harris, who has produced several benefit concerts. The virtual show will include the unbreakable Kimmy Schmitz, Titus Burgess. Titus. Titus. I love that show. Please, Alex Newell and Jagged Little Pills, Lauren Patton, among many others. Uh, I want to see Jagged Little Pills so badly. Uh, I just wanted to say that real quick. It was a play in Boston for a long time, and then it moved to Broadway. Obviously, everything's shut down right now, but um, when that's back up and running, it's on the list. That's on the list. Yeah. Along with going to the uh, museum with me. <laughs> All right. I have um, <laughs> New York City Pride, uh, June 28th at 12 p.m. And it is actually going to air nationally on ABC Live. That's kind of cool. Wow. Um, yeah. How do you translate the na- the nation's marquee pride celebration into an engaging network broadcast? Broadcast. 
Heritage of Pride organizers of Manhattan's massive Pride Parade and the Pride Island Music Festival have answered that question with star power. Um, oh, Billy Porter's going to be there from Schitt's Creek. Janelle Monae is going to be Billy there. Billy Porter's oh, from Schitt's her. Creek. Billy Porter's from Pose, right? Billy Multi-talented performer. Oh, I'm, I read that so wrong. I'm sorry. So um, Yeah, I was so confused. I'm like, Billy Porter's Bill, not in Schitt's Creek. What are you I talking know. about? Billy Porter's from Pose. Um, I, I read things wrongly often, so. <laughs> okay, just don't scare me like that. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Billy Porter. And my, yes, my whole view has changed now. Okay. Everybody else is fine, though. Okay, so music, uh, musicians, uh, Janelle Monet, Billy Porter, and then Schitt's Creek creator Dan Levy and comedian Margaret Cho. And those are some of the people that are going to be uh, participating in the two-hour special. And um, it's uh, in partnership with ABC7 New York. And it seems to be – a. I, I think it's something that we should tune into because it, it's just a lot of reckon um, – like a lot of – I don't know. Just the fact that it's just na- like going to be broadcasted nationwide. Yeah, it's the first time that something like that's happened for the LGBTQ community in like a Pride celebration. So – for sure. That's really fucking cool. It only took us, you know, a million years to get here. But hey, we're here. We're queer. Get fucking used to it. All right. My last one <laughs> is that there is a Women of Pride panel. Love and that. Part of Charlotte Pride. And it's going to feature women leaders from a variety of pride organizations having just a conversation. Um, and it's going to include Digital Stonewall commemoration and a discussion of LGBTQ plus rights in North Carolina called pride across Carolina. Interesting. Yeah. So something a little bit more academic, but I mean, I still think very worthwhile. I mean, we have so much to learn about our own history. Yep. Nerd pride. Um, anyway, <laughs> last one I have is global pride, June 27th, uh, live stream on global pride website. More than 100 volunteers in every corner of the world banded together in April to produce a free-to-view 24-hour live stream spearheaded by Interpride and the European Pride Organizers Association. Taking a cue from New Year's Eve broadcast, Global Pride plans to move from time zone to time zone with a long lineup of performances and celebrity cameos complemented by multimedia submissions from LGBTQ plus communities. Global Pride is rolling out teasers, of the event all month um, with Pablo Vitar, Ava, Ma- Ava Max, Olivia Newton-John, and Dixie Chicks, among the first wave of performers and a lot of other people. Um, and so, yeah, exciting. So June 27th, Global Pride. Lots really of events. Cool. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's so many ways to still manage to celebrate Pride in spite of a global pandemic. And there are ways that you can feel good about celebrating Pride and still support Black Lives Matter. Which is very important, and I'm really glad that we're, you know, that you're uh, talking about this. Yeah, I mean, it is important. I mean, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, you know, I mean, the Stonewall riots, you know, it's it's about protest. Pride is a season of protest, and and it's only in the last few years that it's become really more about the party than the protest. And so it's nice that we're able we're able to get back to our roots. It's just a shitty way that we're getting back there. But so I found a couple of articles and they have some suggestions on how to 
celebrate pride and be an ally to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, one of the ways, of course, is to supporting LGBTQ people of color. And sometimes that means, uh, you know, making an effort to read black authors, watch movies by black directors, watch movies with black casts. Um, it might mean listening to podcasts by people of color. You know, yeah. there are a lot of different things that you can do, but you can also support organizations that lift up people of color, um, LGBTQ people of color, black and brown voices within those organizations. A lot of the LGBT orgs, mainstream LGBTQ plus orgs that we have are really, really white. And it becomes problematic in terms of serving communities of color. So trying to find the organizations that actually do the work all the way around in a holistic way, which includes lifting up the most marginalized among us, right? Which is black and brown people, uh, LGBTQ people, black and brown trans people, and making sure that those people have a significant voice and role in those organizations. And some of the organizations that popped up on one of the articles um, that recommend giving your mo money to this month would be the LGBTQ plus Freedom Fund. This organization is helping to pay bail for LGBTQ plus protesters arrested during Black Lives Matter demonstrations. I love that. I love that you're providing that information. Yes, I think that's such a great and worthwhile place to send your money. Yes. Uh, there's also the Center for Black Equity. This is one of the largest networks for black LGBTQ plus people and provides resources to educate, engage, and empower their fight for equity and access. And then finally, I have the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation, founded by Taraji P. Henson. You know who she is? She's an actress. I 100% know who she is. She's from Empire. She's yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love her. Uh, I just watched something with her recent, I think it was like What Men Think or What Men Want. She's adorable and she's fantastic. And she was also in this Boston movie that I watched not too long ago. Love oh, her. Oh, nice. Well, the, the, the foundation, um, they seek to raise awareness about mental health and provide people of color with access to affordable and free therapy. The organization's website has a list of therapists of color who also specialize and have experience with LGBTQ clients. So that's one way. Another way is obviously to shop smart and make your money count. Like, so where you are spending your money matters. And in cancel culture, you know, it's really easy to sort of jump on the bandwagon of something and say, okay, we're not going to eat Barilla pasta anymore because the CEO of Barilla said that, you know, marriages between a man and a woman and then we you know stop eating barilla and then you know they struggle financially which never actually happened but you know fantasies but it is important to be aware of where you're spending your money i mean the fact is is every single day when you spend money no matter how much money you're spending that money is going to somebody who's going to utilize it in one way or another. And you can choose a business where that owner is going to utilize that money that's going to make LGBTQ plus lives better. Or you can use it at a business where they're going to actively try to make your life worse. So trying to suss out those businesses, local businesses and corporate businesses that, you know, have 
the LGBTQ communities back as well as the black communities back is super important. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're always the best for, you know, bringing all that together because I literally just talked about parties and I love that you actually <laughs> talked about important things. Well, there's also a bunch of other things happening too. I mean, there is uh, an anti-racism training that is a series of three two-hour modules that you can sign up for. Um, I can't remember exactly who that's um, who that's brought who that's done through what organization, um, but it's something that I signed up for and it's th it's free. So and it's online free until something like July 2nd. So, you know, you can do it at your own time, at your own pace, but it's a way that you can try to work on some of your own issues in terms of your own internalized racisms that you may not even be aware of. And, you know, I mean, that's just one of those other ways that you can become a better ally, especially during the pandemic. I mean, shit, you got nothing but time, man. Yep. All right. Once again, Evie is uh, the hero here. No, no, but you really do. Like, I love that you actually talk about this stuff because, uh, you know, there's just it's so hard to reconcile the like pride with what's going on, you know, because it, it, it there's it's just one month to like for that pride to, you know, to be able to be like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what what it means to other people, but I've, I try to tap into that in June of like, you know, I'm always proud to be gay. I think it's awesome. I literally, if it was a choice, which it's not, I would choose to be gay. It's so much better, but agreed. the pride part is just, it's such a, an important part of the experience because there is a lot of shame, you know, not, I don't feel like I feel it as much, but I know that there's a lot of shame in the community. So I feel like it's really great to have a month to, to really kind of focus on that. But with everything that's going on, it's just really hard to reconcile for me and for probably many other people. So I love that we have there's some you know opportunities to be good allies and still celebrate pride, you know, because really, I mean, it's we're that sounds right, but you know, we're all in it together. And yeah, yeah no, I think it's great that you. I'm really glad that you talked about that. Oh, thanks. Oh, my yeah. Not. I mean, because I, it really is such a struggle for me um, in general with just everyday life right now, you know, yeah. and in trying to figure out in my best ways, what are the ways that I can activate myself to be the best ally that I can be? And, you know, I mean, that is different things for different people. Different people have different strong suits and, and ways of reaching people and finding their platform and utilizing your platform to the best of your ability to make that change is, you know, something I fully, fully believe in. And so, you know, it's like whatever way you can make a difference, you need to be doing that now more than ever. Perfect. And that might mean protesting for some people. That might mean donating for other people. That might mean you know, educating yourself yep. for a lot of us, you know, and there's so many different things that we all need to be doing and you just, you need to find your access point and your way in and get there and do the work. I love that. You're, I love it. I adore you. I'm glad that we talked about this. Me too. Um, good. It was a good conversation. I really did enjoy it. Me too. Uh, that sounded fake, but okay. Um, <laughs> I love you. I adore you, but <laughs> I'm just teasing you. So, uh, 
should we get to crushes? Yeah, let's get to crushes. Let's do crushes. Okay, let's do crushes. Yay! Nicole, Evie. who is your crush? Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet. That's an easy one because she is fly and I love her and she's so, she is so beautiful. She's, she's pretty so, fly for a white guy. She's talented. <laughs> for a white guy. White men can't jump. Um, she's so talented too and everything that she's in like. Moonlight was brilliant, uh, Hidden Figures. And did you ever see the, or did you ever listen to the podcast Homecoming? No, uh uh-uh. Oh, so good. Uh, But yeah, everything. And she's, like, obviously super cute. And I was listening to her music earlier. She has this track with um, Grimes, and it's so good. Right on. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great crush. Stand up every time Janelle Monae is hot. Yes. And talented, and that's super sexy. So. But you know, I end up going for like just looks because I, you know, like being vapid. But just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go with another person who will be per- performing in the virtual NYC Pride event, and that is Margaret Cho. Ugh, love to hear it. I love I her. Love her. She's I've loved her for fucking ever. She's fucking hilarious. I've seen her live once. And it was a hundred percent worth it. I would see her every time live if I could. She's Where just, did you see her? It was here, actually, like in uh, I want to say Southfield. No, I think it was Dearborn. Yeah. And it was a really super weird venue. It was almost like dinner theater setup. I mean, it was like card tables. It was like I don't know. I want to say it was like at a VFW lodge, but that's not right. But it was kind of like that. I mean, it was these like weird long tables where you just sort of sat wherever you could find a place. And it was a bunch of old people. And it was pretty clear that whoever had booked her there, like this audience were a group of people that were like, there were those of us who knew her. And then there were those who just had tickets to every event at this place. Yeah. Yeah. And had no idea what to expect. Like, what year was it? Do you remember-ish? Oh, no, I don't. It was, it was. I'd say, with maybe five five years ago or so. Yeah. I mean, she was kind of big then. I saw her, I saw her once open for Bitch and Animal. Or no, maybe Ani DeFranco. I can't remember. Either way, I, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I it was Bitch and Animal open for Ani DeFranco, but not in Margaret Cho, so... But it was one of them. I can't remember what show it was. I, I don't know. But it was, um, I feel like it was also at a campus, like Michigan State or something like that, like at a, um, one of the auditoriums. But she's so fucking brilliant. I love yeah, her. She really is. She, she's so great live. But, I mean, she's so great not live, too. It doesn't even fucking matter. Her energy, her, she's, the way she sees the world, it's just fucking brilliant. And I absolutely adore her. Nice. Good one. Yeah. Well, thanks, Nicole. I really enjoyed this episode. Me too. Thank you for all the information you provided. Well, thank um, you for the information you provided. Uh, thank you guys for listening, tuning in. Join us for your... This is kind of a virtual pride party. Yeah. Uh, rate it, if you will. Uh, I am wearing my pride. gay Crocs. Hey, happy pride. Yeah, I have my gay Crocs on, so um, happy pride. And it's okay to... to you know to feel a little pride uh just 
do your best to be an ally. Evie left us with some great information on how to do that. And also follow us on socials uh, at Queer Podcast on Instagram. Nope. Nope. Queer Podcast on Facebook. Why do I mix them up? And Queerdos on Instagram. I don't get why I mix them up. I do apologize. I don't either. Queer Podcast on Facebook. Queerdos on Instagram. Leave us a message if you want. And um, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Yes. That takes just a minute for you but it lasts a lifetime for us perfectly said it really does it does mean us mean a lot to us i know everything's kind of crazy right now um and you know i'm really just really happy that people are sticking with us and listening and um, and you know another really great way to celebrate pride is to tell your friends and your family and everybody about this wonderful podcast absolutely and help them to become queerdos too Yes. The more queerdos there are in the world, the better, more just world we will live in. Yeah, we we do have we do have a great audience. Um, we do. And- Our audience are stand up, fucking, really awesome, amazing people. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Uh, so yeah. So we will see you next week. Yeah, we love you. Stay weird. Stay queerd. Bye. Bye. Your bye is always so sad. Bye. 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 <laughs>